and and you know you can spend forever trying to you know you get a sentence in here you get a paragraph in there and sometimes what i find is that if i can get somebody out for coffee for an hour i can advance that relationship more in one hour than i could in a month of sundays doing it catch as catch can Listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back or welcome for the first time or you know, whatever it is for you. I'm just glad you're here. And John Wright, I'm glad you're here. Because it's one of it's one of those shows. It is one of those shows. Where, I, where you're here with me. It is. Do you like uh, do you like this? Would you prefer I leave you alone? Would you prefer to be in I, a darkened room? You know, it's so funny because I I you know I'm doing more podcasts more regularly. I mean, people are sort of they're noticing like, hey, it's a little bit more regular. There's a little bit higher quality level, and that's all because like I'm people oriented. And so if you're going to be here, then I actually show up and we do a show. <laughs> you have to do it. Because you're here and you're a real person. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and what's funny is like, there's a lot of real people um, in, in, engaged in the podcast. And I feel like that's, I, you know, that's who I ought to be talking to. Right. But I actually need one person to show up. And so, and that's not your only value to me by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But like, it's better that you're here. But sometimes... I long for the intimacy of just being me alone with a microphone talking, you know, kind of either into the air or or to that one person. Yes. Um, did you ever read a J.D. Salinger book called Franny and Zoe? I did not. You know who J.D. Salinger was? Yeah. What's that book about? Well, he, he wrote a book called Catcher in the Rye, which everyone had to read in junior high if the, in this country, like right. you never did. Mm-hmm. But he, Franny and Zoe is about these brother and sister who are part of a larger family that have a radio show that they did when they were growing up as kids. They're adults now. And um, and it's about kind of the, the, the existential struggles that they're going through and the way they try to help each other. And the last scene of the book they're talking to each other on the phone from from opposite rooms of their apartment. They they just they can talk easier on the phone, mm. and they start talking about the show. And one of them says to the other, "You know, when you were doing the show, who did you picture that you were talking to?" And you know, and 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 she says, "Well, you know, I pictured this old lady out on the plains of Oklahoma, really sad and alone. Maybe she she was a widow." And I thought if I did the show really good, maybe it would brighten her day. And he describes who he was thinking of. And and there's this sense in which, you know, they they had an image in their mind. And I think sometimes when I'm alone, I I picture somebody who I know that's part of our audience and I just talk to them. Right. Um, no, but that, when you're that totally here, makes sense. Yeah. And when you're here, I have a tendency to talk to you. Right. Which on one level isn't bad because you talk back and it, it's a conversation. And on another level, I think like I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and they said, I kind of like it when you do the show alone because then I feel like you're talking to me. Right. Yeah. That's a thing and too, so, for sure. I think I think there's this other format, like we're, we're right now we're doing the interview format and then we're doing these Q&A formats. And then I have this one other format in mind that I'm working up to that'll just be me on the mic telling a story and talking like about what it means. And yeah. so, you know, we'll, we'll get back to that. I like it. Because, I, I mean, I, I would like that from anyone. Like, I think that the idea of turning on a podcast and having somebody speaking to me, that like that, when whenever that happens on a podcast and I feel like the person's talking to me, uh, that draws me in. Yep. Yep. It sure does. It's good. And I think that the, the, the formats are mixed well in this podcast i've heard it in some where i'm like i'm not so sure about this format but uh yeah it's it's good well you know also i mean i don't think 
my favorite podcasts four years ago, I don't listen to half of them. I don't listen to at all anymore. Mm. They just, I just wore out like that. Right. It was great, but then it was, you know, over. And I kind of don't want people to wear out. Like I, I kind of like the idea that we're building a community of people that actually, you know, are, are, are moving through a set of ideas together. And so I think varying it, you know, even if like, if you're, you know, if you're listening and you're going like, I don't like this one. Um, <laughs> Uh, like the idea is to try to, it's, it's almost like in a family, like we're going to go to the zoo. Cause like, I know we don't all like animals, but Aunt Mary really does. And mm-hmm. we want to keep her happy. Like, you know, it's about trying to keep everybody together. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, but today is a, a Q and A-ish kind of thing. And uh, so I don't know if you want to jump to, I mean, like I haven't done any of the, oh yeah, wait, I got one more thing before we get started on on, on, on the Q&A, and that is Stephen B., wherever you are, I, you, your support of this podcast amazes and astounds and thrills and encourages and motivates me in a huge way. So this is a guy who's supporting us now? Yeah, he, he but he's not, I mean, we, we have a, a lot of supporters and I'm excited about all of them. Um, but Stephen B. is the second of our hundred dollar a month huge wow. massive mega supporters and yeah that's a that huge, is a mega supporter um, it's a huge thing i mean that's somebody saying like listen you know like i'm like your sponsor the way you know barclay sponsors the premier football league i'm i'm your sponsor the way tostitos <laughs> right. sponsors the super bowl like i'm with you like, like like when you go to a justin timberlake concert and it's presented by pepsi I feel like yeah, our show is yeah. presented by, among other people, like Daniel and Steven. And yeah, uh, I'm just definitely. so, I just, you know, like it just means the, the world to me. Well, I just love what we, we call that tier on Patreon is honorary relative. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> well, you know, so, and it's, yeah. it's funny because, you know, I, I, I'm all about bringing the, you know, the, the language of brother and sister, you know, into secular humanism and into into like any realm in which people love one another on the basis of common sense and science. Because the truth is, I, I, I mean, I did it when I was a Christian and I understood it back then. But if you really understand evolution and where we all come from, I mean, we all literally have a common ancestor. It's a single-celled organism, but like it, like, it's our, it's our great, 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 whatever. And so I just, you know, so, so what's funny is, is like, it's easy for me to call Stephen and Daniel and a bunch of other people, brothers and sisters. Um, but yeah, you, so honorary family fits like a T on this one. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And uh, I've noticed that the, the activity on Patreon has been growing and people are really going in. It's kind of the cool place to be. And so that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to do better at at generating interesting content. And uh, I don't know if you saw the last thing we put up. Yeah. I'm actually really interested in it, but I didn't want to get us too sidetracked. But what is that very briefly? Is it, it's a, it was a wedding at a parade? So on the 4th of July... Um, you know, because I am a humanist celebrant. I am a guy who can perform a, a marriage or a wedding and, 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 and right. I, can, I can do a funeral and I, I do all this. And, and increasingly people, especially in the Cincinnati area, I mean, I'm, I'm actually flying all the way out to San Francisco to do a wedding um, in a few weeks. But, um, but people locally, I, I just get invited to do stuff. And this couple called me and said, we want to get married in the middle of the North Side Parade. And if you're from... Cincinnati. The Northside Parade is like, it's like Mardi Gras. It's like pride in LA. It's just like everybody's out and it's political and it's funky and funny and inclusive. Yeah, it looks really that. very cool. Yeah. And so these guys, they they were the like the last people in the parade. And so all these people are on the parade route. And when they got to the end of the parade route, the band stopped and I stepped out of the crowd and I married them in a very wow. brief but beautiful ceremony. And they sent me a videotape of it um, a couple of days ago. And, and so we put it up on on Patreon and there it is. Um, and that nice. was a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Really, really cool. And yeah, they and were, the picture they were like, is fantastic. 
Yeah, and they were like this neat community-minded couple. Like all their friends were in the parade. They really are committed to their neighborhood. And like those are values that I really like. I love civic engagement and connection in a, in a local community. I believe in that stuff. So I mean, they were they turned out. I didn't know it when they reached out to me, but when I got to know them a little bit, I was like, wow, these are wonderful cool. people, and it was fun to marry. Yeah, them. yeah, it was great. That's awesome. All right, are you ready for the question? I'm ready for the question. You got a question? All right. Here we go. This is from Aaron. Hi. I just want to ask Bart, um, how do I talk to people at the beginning of something new? Like, say I meet someone and I want to be friends with them or there's someone I haven't seen in a long time and they've come home for a visit or something. How do I make the next move? What are, like, the steps to setting up a platonic date? What a fabulous question. And for and for a, a for a chaplain like me, that is a big fat softball. Like that's the question I've always wanted to be asked. <laughs> and and actually when I was working with students at USC, um and, and, and a couple of my students since then, um I've I've been asked that question so many times. Um, by interested students that I've, I actually have like a worked out answer to it. So if, if this sounds like, hey, he's not making this up as he goes along, it's like, I, I love this question and and I get asked it not infrequently um, because that's kind of like, this is kind of like when you're a chaplain, this is what you do. You're, you have a gathering and some young people come to the gathering um, or you meet them on campus some other way and you say to them, hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee? Or like, hey, would you, would you want to have lunch with me? Like, or, or could, I, could I, you know, do you got time for breakfast? And you initiate a, a, a platonic date. Um, and so I, I do it so often. And after a while, students are like, it's really cool when you ask me out to breakfast. Like, how do you do that? How do you make a coffee date fun? How do you make it meaningful? Right. And so if that's the question... Have I got an answer for you? You've got some answers. I do. I do. I, in fact, I don't just want to tell you how. I want to tell you what, who, when, where, why, and how. If okay. That's, if that's okay with you, John. I'm down. All right. So the first thing is like, if, if we call it what? I mean, I love the term she used, a platonic date. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and, and it's funny, like I call it a coffee date, even though I don't drink coffee. Um you know, my wife used to run a coffee shop, but I still, like, I never learned to drink coffee in college and I still don't drink it at all. Um, I think it's a wonderful drink. I wish I drank it, um, but I don't. And uh, so when I ask people out, I'm like, hey, can we grab a cup of something? <laughs> you know, like, like tea, <laughs> coffee, water, whatever you want. Like, and you know, what I'm trying to get across is like, I want to have that experience of sitting across a cup of something with you. And I, and, and maybe my first bit of advice is, a coffee date, a breakfast date, a lunch date is way better than a no substance in front of you date. Like eating mm. or drinking together really does grease the relational skids and make it easier to connect. Yeah. 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 So that if, if that's the what, and somebody say like, well, who should I do that with? And I think, you know, Aaron was saying like, Hey, what if a friend has come back from out of town and you know, it's like you, you want to catch up and that's a great person. Or what if it's somebody new that I've just met, you know, especially if you're part of a group, sometimes you'll see somebody in a group setting many times, like at a club meeting or um, on a team or in a class or at work. And, and, you know, you can spend forever trying to, you know, you get a sentence in here, you get a paragraph in there. And sometimes what I find is that if I can get somebody for, out for coffee for an hour, I can advance that relationship more in one hour than I could in a month of Sundays doing it catch as catch can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think in, in all those cases that you mentioned, people f have the tendency to feel a little awkward about it or you know, they don't, there's a social awkwardness that comes with being strangers or feeling like strangers. Yeah. 
And so when people say to me, like, well, who do I do this with? Like, who? And you're like, well, it could be an old friend that you haven't seen for a while. Could be somebody you're, you've just met and, and maybe you want to befriend them. Maybe you think like, hey, there's potential there for friendship. Mm-hmm. But like when I invite a 20-year-old college, you know, junior out for coffee, I'm not thinking that like we're going to be best friends forever. I'm inviting them out because I think that it would be good for them to understand the group better or to understand me better or or to be to be listened to or like they could use a little pastoral care they could use a little big brother or a little uncle bart or a little you know and so i think that sometimes you know you could be a you could be an aunt and you could see your nephew and you could say hey nephew would you want to grab a cup of coffee with me and like you're going to aunt him you're going to you're going to you're going to dispense a little like elder love and so yeah. you know I, I, there are a lot of different people that you might want to do this with somebody who's who you think needs some special attention somebody who's been hurt recently or disappointed recently or who's grieving a lot of you know i have a friend who said that the best thing that happened to them after they lost their husband was every week this one person call would call and say i want to ask you out to coffee and i know you're going to say no but one of these days you're going to say yes. And they just kept coming back and saying, whenever you're ready, I want to have coffee with you. Whenever you're ready. And finally one day they were ready. Um, huh. But but so, it, you know, the, the other thing is sometimes I ask people out for a coffee date when they're somebody who I think knows something that I want to know about. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Like they yeah, just came back from Cuba. And I want to hear, I, I, like, I've been curious about Cuba or they're an astrophysicist and I've got a question or, you know, they, like, I know that they are a big cyclist and I want to, I want to talk about the Tour de France, you know? And yeah. so, and so, and the reason why I say that is because one of my tricks is um, that I want to let the person I'm asking out for coffee know why I'm asking them out for coffee as I ask them out for coffee. Yes. Because it releases them from a lot of anxiety about what this is about. Is this an intervention? Is this person going to try to sell me something? Is this Amway? Um, Is this, you know, are they pissed off? Um, Are they into me romantically? And so when I, when I ask somebody out and I'm like, Hey, I, you know, like I really have, like, I know you're really into, um, you know, gardening and I'm thinking about doing a garden and I just like to pick your brain a little bit about gardening. That just, it just eases the tension. And, you know, you know, sometimes I just say to somebody who I've just barely gotten to know and they like, they've, they've come to one of our humanist dinners and I'll just say, Hey, you know, I don't, if if you've got some time, I would love to take you out to coffee. I just want to hear your story. Like, I'm just, I would just love to know how you got to this place in your life. And it's just a very open hearted way of saying, I want to get to know you. And you go like, well, don't they assume that when you ask them out for coffee? And I go like, not always, not yeah. always. So, um, so I would say, who, yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I said, there's a lot of who's, there's a lot of potential who's, I mean, I do this, like, like it was funny, my, my, my daughter and son-in-law are coming home for, are coming to visit us for a week from, from California. And there's no doubt that at some point, like Marty or I will say to one of them, Hey, you want to go for a walk? I I, I would just, I just really want to, I just love some time to kind of catch up with you and find out what you're thinking about this or that or the other thing. So, so, and, and I guess the one thing I would say is that like, there's nothing wrong with asking a woman or a man you're interested in romantically out for coffee. And many of these same principles would apply, but you want to know and you want to be sure they know if that's what's going on. Like when I, when a 55-year-old man asks a 19-year-old you know, kid out for coffee, there's, there's almost a, a clear assumption like <laughs> that's not what's going on here. Um, right. But if it's, if, it, if, if it's narrower in gap, it doesn't mean you can't do it. But it means you, you at least want to know what's going on. And, uh, and, 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 and maybe you communicate that and maybe you don't communicate it overtly, but 
you want to be sure you know what's going on. So then, should I just keep rolling? Yeah, I love it. All right. So then the when, you go like, well, when should we do this? And I always think, you know, like sometimes I'll send somebody an email or a text and I'll say, hey, you know, like Bart here, I like if you've got time, I would love to get together with you. And one of my sort of things is, I don't know if this fits in your schedule, but what about, you know, Tuesday morning? Um, or what about, you know, Thursday for lunch? And I usually have an opening gambit where I put something out there as a possibility. Um, what I found is that, again, that sort of relaxes people because sometimes like, oh no, Tuesday morning won't work, but, and usually they'll shoot me back something that might work. And so like, I want to let them know like, hey, if this doesn't work for you, I'm flexible, but like, I'm not leaving it to you to propose the time. Remember, I'm the one asking. I'm the initiator right. here. And so I think as the initiator, you want to kind of put out there like a time. Mm -hmm. And then you want to say like, you know, if you got a, if you can, if, if there's a place you think would be good, let me know. But otherwise, like, what about Denny's, <laughs> you know, or what about <laughs> Chipotle or what about this coffee shop or that, you know, that, that lunch joint. And, uh, and when I propose a place, like I have a really firm rule on this and that is like, it's gotta be really cheap. Um, cause if you if if you invite somebody to someplace expensive, it, it, it they get nervous, even if right. you even if you're going to pay for it, they, it's just nerve wracking. And so that's like, a really good point. So it's always cheap. It's always got to be easy to get to and easy to park. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I don't like in the early days of doing this, you know, you you'd, you'd have something, and a person would have trouble getting there, and they would show up either late, frazzled, frazzled frustrated and like kind of you had already put them in a negative situation and so like i'm much more interested in how easy it is to park than i am in how good the food is or how you wow. know how great the coffee is yeah yeah and then That's i think like this is a weird one like this sh like with the college kids it took me a while to realize like this doesn't go without saying and that is it's got to be a place that's relatively quiet so that you can have a conversation um, You're not yelling over loud music. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember people actually saying like, hey, let's meet at Buffalo Wild Wings. Never meet anybody <laughs> at Buffalo Wild Wings unless you're going to watch the football game. Like right. that place is useless. <laughs> I mean, you know, for, for this kind of conversation. And so, you know, it, you know, you, you want to pick it. And somebody else says somebody like, hey, like, like, is, you know, is, is there some place that would be good for you? Like, I'm just looking for some place, you know, relatively inexpensive and quiet. And that sort of, again, is a setup like this. I'm, I'm looking to talk with you. Yeah. It's not about the food. So, so that would be the what, the who, the when, the where. And then uh, I would say like the, the how is probably, that's where the, that's where the big uh, question is. That's the nuts and bolts. And, and I guess th the main thing is, Think of it like you're taking out a famous celebrity and you're a journalist and like do a little research or at least a little forethought and have some questions worked out in advance. So like if it's a student, like if it's a college student or, you know, I'll almost always ask, so what are you studying? Like what classes do you have this semester? Are any of them any good? Like, not just like how school, that's a, that's, that's a one word fine, but like, what are you studying or what's your favorite class this semester or something like that? And, and, and you want to sort of elicit, like they'll say, I'm majoring in economics or I'm majoring in science. And the next question's really easy. Why? Like, what got you interested in that? How, how, you know? How did that, how did that happen for you? And you, you're giving them a chance to tell you a story. So, you know, when you go out with somebody, you want to have some questions thought through in advance. Um, if they're, if, if they're, if they have a job and you know what their job is, and you say like, well, what if their job is like, like just like they're, a, they're a checkout person at the grocery store. 
And you're sort of like, so tell me about the grocery store. Like, like what are the politics in there? Like, like, is that, a, is it, is it a good place to work? Like, do you like the people that you work with? You know, how did you get that job? Like, what's the hardest part of that job? And like all of these questions are so easy to think of when the person's not sitting across the table from you. Right, right. But I find that it's incredibly hard to think of them when the person is. And so I prep for my coffee dates. Now, when you say prep, how much do you think it's appropriate? I mean, do you think there's a there's a danger in prepping too much in the sense that like, I, I think some I see this sometimes with people who have... Um, you know, forms of social anxiety where they sort of want to script out the thing and it just makes them more anxious because they're thinking too much about themselves and not enough about the other person maybe, or, uh, what's the sweet spot? I think for me, like I usually show up with, you know, three or four potential topics, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, like after a while, it's the, you know, people say, oh, you're, you, you, you have such great questions. I go like, yeah, I use them over and over again. Like mm. how many students have I asked, you know, why did you choose this school? Like how, how, you know, did it turn out the way you thought it would? What are you studying? Why? What's, you know, like you go like those, I ask the same questions of everybody because what's different is their answers. Yeah. So, so it's like, I think you show up with a few lines of questioning. And, and, and maybe that this is the most important thing is, is that the question is not what demonstrates interest. That's where the social anxiety people get screwed up is that they, mm-hmm. they go like, so, you know, how'd you pick this school? And what, um, what classes? And the person says, well, I picked a school like right after I was in a plane crash and uh, I was, you know, the guy who rescued me had gone to Stanford and I thought, you know what? I, I want to go to, and, and you go like, really? So what are you majoring in? And you go like, you, you got to listen. You got, you know, like That's where awesome. you show the interest is like, oh my gosh, a plane crash. What was that all about? Right, right. And, you know, and, and don't and, stick to the script too hardly. Yeah. No, no, no. These are just places to start. But like your, your follow-up questions all need to be based on what the other person says because the, the idea is not to appear to be interested the key to a great coffee date is to really be interested and to realize that this date is not about you convincing the other person that you're attractive or worthwhile or valuable it's about you really finding out what makes them tick and what's interesting is of course the thing that makes people the most attractive and valuable and, and, and is, you know, I'm attracted to people who are interested in what makes me tick. Right. You know, I I find value in people that care about me. And so, you know, but you, you you don't, that's one of the things I I remember reading some kind of businessy books and it was sort of like, it was almost like how to feign interest in another person. (laughs) And I think a big part of preparing yourself for a coffee date is going like, this is an opportunity for me to really find out about somebody and maybe to find a way that I can encourage them or a way that I can affirm them or a way that I can, you know, bring something to bear on their life that'll, that'll, that'll make it a little bit better or, or recommend something that they, that, that, that they don't know about that really applies to what they're all about. And so, you know, you really want to show up in a servant mode or in a giving mode or in a caring mode where you're like, I'm here for you. Yeah. And the questions you're preparing are questions so that I can get to know you. Not so that I can use this information to like, what, what's the word? Like to, to pivot over to talking about something interesting about myself. Go like, so do you like basketball? And the person goes like, yeah, yeah, so it's a good sport. And you're like, well, do you know what? I used to play on an AAU team and it was amazing. And let me tell you another, <laughs> you know, like, like, you really want, like the, the goal here is not to get to talk about yourself. The goal is to make this person feel like the most interesting person in the world for an hour. And, um, and so again, the follow-up questions are what you, and, 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 and there's stuff you got to practice. Cause you, again, you can't plan for them, but you have to, you have to be listening to, for what somebody's saying to you and saying like, how could I go deeper on that? So somebody says like, yeah, you know, like, I, you know, my brother went here. 
and you go like, they just gave me a piece of information. How old's your brother? Are you close to your brother? Um, you know, were you and your brother always close growing up? And you know, sometimes people will shy away from a question. They're like, yeah, you know, I don't really like talking about my brother. And you go, oh, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I, you know, yeah. Just interested or, or, or in you. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm, you know, th- that's fine. Um, or sometimes they like, look, like if this is too personal, feel free not to answer. But I'm just curious, like, wasn't it scary in that to do that? Or like, did, did you feel awkward in that situation? I think I would be so nervous. Um, and so, you know, the follow-up questions are, you, 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 you push a little. You, you follow up on specifics. Of, so, so you ask a general question, then somebody gives you specifics and you follow up on the specifics. Yeah. And, and, and you say, can you practice that? And you really can. That's, it's one of those things where like, you'll get better at it over time. And, and I, maybe that's the other thing is I prep for these coffee dates, even with my kid. And I then evaluate it afterwards. And sometimes I'll even come home and say to Marty, she'll say like, how did it go? And I'll be like, well, you know, I said this and he said that. And I went there and, and, and she'll be like, idiot. Like, <laughs> like, it sounds like you got all over. It sounds like you focused on the wrong thing or you, you got all judgy or this or that. And, and you sort of evaluate or like the, the conversation sort of died after they said this. And she said, well, what, how did you respond to that? And, and she'll say, well, that wasn't an appropriate response. And you say like, it's almost like you're, you're doing an autopsy on the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. No, and I mean, so, there, like, there have been times where, where you and I've had a conversation and then, you know, you've like talked about it with Marty later and you'll say to me the next time I talk to you, oh, like, you know, Marty was saying that I should have really said it this way or Mar- like Marty was asking me if I did, did it the right way. And I'm thinking about that now. And, you know, like you, you're, you're thoughtful about it. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll just call you back and go like 10 minutes after a conversation and go like, I did not mean to say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like that was a stupid thing to say. And like what you told me was really important and I just glossed over the most important part. And like, I don't think I emphasize like, that's amazing what you did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's just about authenticity, right? It's just about like not holding inside what could be out. Yeah. I, 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 and, and what's interesting is, is, is that that business of following up after a conversation, I mean, that's a whole other piece of this thing. But, you know, you're in a conversation with somebody and they tell you about their interest in photography. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe in the conversation you say, oh my gosh, like I saw this photography exhibit the other day that I think you would really love. And, and what I do is as soon as I'm done that conversation, I sit down and write down, like send her the link to that photography exhibit. Or, you know, if she'll mention or he'll mention um, some writer, I may then go on Wikipedia and look up that writer or see a quote of theirs and go like, oh my gosh, that, that William, you know, that William Johnson guy, I I looked it out. I can't wait to read that book or boy, that was really interesting. Or have you seen this quote? Or I just found out, I thought he was alive, but he's dead. Mm. And, and, and it's the same whenever you remember something that somebody shared in a conversation and then follow back up on it, it makes the person feel listened to and esteemed and under you know and cared about in a way that you know that that is hard to quantify um and Mm. and and certainly for me when somebody calls me up after a conversation and says you know i had it happen just the other night um where somebody called me up and they said i got angry at you in the middle of the conversation and when i reflected on it i get angry at you at just the moment they were in, they were in California, and they were like, at just the moment that I walked across the street with my cell phone, and I was out in 110 degree heat. And funnily enough, then when I got into the next place, I cooled down and I wasn't angry at you anymore. And they're like, that anger wasn't about you. That anger was just I was just irritated with life because mm-hmm. it was so hot. Mm-hmm. And I just, it made me feel so much better yeah. that they followed up. So, um, so I think that the questions are a really important thing. But I got to tell you, John, in most of these coffee dates, I only ever use one question, especially when I'm like when Aaron was saying, you know, somebody new, mm-hmm. I'll just sit down and say, listen, I don't know you very well at all. So I'm just like, I like, if you don't mind, like, I just want to start from the, will you just tell me your story? Like beginning with, I was born in, mm-hmm. 
you know, where were you born? And they'll say, like, well, I was born in, you know, Wisconsin. And, uh, and, and I go like, like, and who's in your family? And, you know, and, and so I just want to get somebody to tell me the whole story. Um, what was high school like? You know, where did they go to school? Um, how did they, you know, what was their first job coming out of school? Like, how, how'd you meet the, how'd you meet, you know, how did you end up here? Um, you know, and usually within their story, they'll give you a thousand things follow up. So although it may seem like that would be a one side, like I ask, what's your story? And then you talk for an hour. It's never that way. It's always, you're, ta- you're telling me stuff and I'm going, Ooh, what was that like? Or how did that happen? Or why did you do that? Or how did that feel? And, and so the follow-up questions are just me trying to amplify the story. Right. But a lot of times by the end of the conversation, a person will go like, this was so fun. Like I, and they feel like, like they feel like they got to know me too, because the parts of their story that I respond to and the things I get excited about, tell them as much about me as the story itself tells them about, tells me about them. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. So, you know, now, now, there's a whole realm of this that I guess you would call active listening. And, and again, like I used to think this went without saying until I sent some college kids out and I didn't say it and their coffee dates, you know, floundered on the rocks. And then like, I came back and said, well, you know, what were you, you know, what were you looking at? And they were like, well, you know, you know, there was a TV in the, in the, in the restaurant and, you know, we kept looking up at that. And I was oh, like, God. Yeah, you don't want to be nowhere where there's a TV. This <laughs> yeah. stuff doesn't happen where there's a TV. Um, but the other thing is like, you've got to learn to actually make eye contact and to nod your head as the other person's talking. Um, it's, it's amazing how many people don't realize that without the nodding of the head, the other person feels awkward in continuing on with their story. Well, because it's, so, it's a silent, it's a vacuum. And yeah, th- yeah, they don't they don't know how the other person how how this stuff is landing with the other person. Yeah, and so you have to in, in active listening, you, you sort of learn to occasionally stop and go like, so wait, so what you're saying is, you were there and 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 you didn't even know that they were going to be doing this, and you're like they're like that's what you you think they might go like that's what I just told you, but people don't. They go like yeah, that's right, that's right, exactly, and 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 there's this symbiosis like oh, I'm really getting you. Yeah. I'm really getting you. So part of active listening is nodding and 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 saying like, oh yeah, oh, really? And then part of it is occasionally stopping the person and making sure that you're hearing them by telling them back what you've just heard them say. Um, and it's a way of affirming like, I'm really interested. I'm tracking with you. And sometimes I'll say like, so what you're saying is this? And they're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, oh, I now oh I see I I was I was I I totally misread you on that, and that doesn't diminish your connection. It increases your connection when you when you are open to being corrected because it's their story, right, right. And so, like the active listening thing is really important. And I think that the most important part of active listening is it is not active listening. When you tell me a story about how your plane got delayed by 45 minutes and I go like, oh my gosh, like three three weeks ago, my plane got delayed by seven hours <laughs> and I top your story. Right. Um, that, that Like you do want to bring your, like you do want to bring stuff to bear, but you, you, you got to be aware of when you're, when you're, when you've, when you've switched the spotlight over to you or when you're throwing in stuff to affirm that you understand the story or that you can relate to the story. You go like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I've had that same, I, I had that same cabbie and isn't he awful? Like that's okay. But like you can't top people's stories and expect them to feel comfortable continuing to tell you the story. A mm-hmm. little bit of restraint. A little bit of restraint. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've, you know, talking about restraint, I feel like I've already said way more than I should say about this topic. Well, I, I've, I've got a question for you. I, I mean, so you were saying, you know, the, the idea is not to, is not to feign interest, but actually to be interested. And I guess I'm sort of anticipating 
a response in the minds of some of our listeners who might be like, yeah, but how, what if I'm not all that interested or like, how, how do I do you, is there a, like a fake it before you make it kind of thing until I get into the conversation? I don't know if I'm all that interested. Like, do you have to sort of play act before you can really be in it and enjoy it? I don't think so, but I think that this is maybe, maybe this is the why. You know, we've done the who, what, where, when. Yeah. I think this is the why. Okay. Because when I take somebody out for coffee, when I invite somebody out for coffee, I may be hoping that it turns into a genuine friendship. I may be, sometimes it's a person who's on the fringe of our group and I may be hoping that this will be a conversation that'll help them consolidate like a decision to be a part of the group, or at least will let me know why they, why they don't want to be part of the group. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I may have a lot of agendas, but if all my agendas go to shit, there's one underlying agenda. And that is, I'm thinking this will be a good outing if this person feels cared about, like, and it'll be good for them because they'll feel cared about and it'll be good for me because I will walk away with the satisfaction that comes from having done a good deed. Right, right. So there may be other motivations and maybe there are uh, good ones, but at bottom, if, if everything else falls apart, there's always this motivation. This is, this is like, like I have a friend who, who at the bottom of all his emails always writes, love is a verb. Mm-hmm. And this, this is this is love as a verb. This is I'm going to love this person in the sense of like I'm going to shower them with attention. I'm going to look for opportunities to affirm goodness in their life. I'm going to look for the the thing that they did right or the thing that they did that's noble. Or, and I'm going to say like, boy, I appreciate that. That's some amazing. Like I think that's so admirable. Whatever. Like I'm going to look for something to affirm. I'm going to listen for a weakness or a need and and see if maybe not that I can fix it but at least I can like address it validate it you know express express care about it like I'm there to love them and that is always interesting like it is a challenge to go like I wonder if I can make this experience really positive for this other person um, cause I know that if I do, I know it'll be positive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and so I think that the key to being really interested is to realize that your payoff here is going to come in how it makes you feel to make someone else feel great. Um, and, and so you say, well, that's selfish. You're, you're, you're going to be nice to that person because it's going to make you feel good about being nice to that person. And I always say like, hey, if if, if, if make, being a blessing to other people, um, you know, is, is, is your way of, it, it makes you happy, then be as selfish as you like. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it be, you know, this is, a, this is a good motive. This is a good reason to do this. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, we choose people to have coffee dates with. We're like, we're always sort of like aiming up. Like, I wonder if I can get that person to like me. Right. And this is not about getting people to like you. This is about you showing interest and care for another person. Now, here's the funny thing is I have had college kids, little dweeby freshmen who have turned this around on me. And I said, hey, Bart, can I come talk to you? And they'll, and they'll say like, you know, but, and they'll ask me some questions and they'll say like, yeah, but like, how did you get married? You know? And I realized like, oh my gosh, they're, they're, they're using all my tricks on me. Like <laughs> they're showing interest in me. They're asking follow-up questions. And, 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 and you say, oh, and how does it make you feel when somebody's like working you that way? It makes me feel great. Yeah. It makes me feel loved makes me feel cared about, makes me feel interesting, makes me feel valuable. Like, like that's the funny thing. It's like, even if somebody knows exactly what you're doing, it still works. That's good. The, the last thing I'll say is, you know, you're married, I'm married, I'm married 30 years. 
And, uh, and what's interesting is, is that sometimes Marty and I just go out for dinner or for coffee or something. And sometimes she takes me out for coffee. And sometimes I invite her out for coffee. And those are three very different experiences. The one is like, we'll see what happens. But the other one is I've got an agenda and there's some stuff I want to ask her about. I want to talk about her job or I want to, I want to like, so like you, you, I've noticed you've been spending a lot more time with Mary Beth. Like, how do you, like, how's that relationship work for you? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think? You know, what do you think of her? And, and, and what are you getting out of that? And, and, and she'll sort of know like, oh, I'm the focal point here. And sometimes I'm the focal point. And, you know, like sometimes you get together and like you take, you switch off even in the midst of one, one, one time out. But like a lot of times, like, you know, I'll get to the end of a, of a time with my friend and I'll go like, I feel terrible. Like this whole meal was about me. Like this is all we talked about was my stuff. And I go like, yeah, this one was about you. I loved it. I, I was totally interested. Like, thank you for, mm-hmm. for being so open with me. Like next time, you know, next time we'll talk about me. Yeah. Um, you know, so this stuff even works in a marriage. No, I was even, that was actually going to be my next question was, and I was even thinking like, I wonder if it'd be a good, uh, episode by itself, how this stuff relates to sort of long-term relationships of various kinds, because, uh, yeah, I think, uh, this kind of intention or this kind of thoughtfulness, uh, with respect to those would be, would probably be really helpful, helpful and healthy for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the interesting things that I, I started doing when I started doing these with college kids, um, that I ended up bringing over into my marriage is like, a lot of times I'll have a piece of paper and a pen on the table and person will say something and I'll write it down and I'll say, Hey, you don't, I hope you don't mind. Like, like what's the title of that book? Or like, you know, what's, what's your brother's name and stuff like that. And then I'll actually take those notes and I'll, that'll help me write the follow-up email or that, that'll remind me what article to send or what song to send yeah. or, or something like that. And I've never had anybody say it creeps them out that I'm, <laughs> that I'm writing stuff. You know, I'll pull out a pit pad right in the middle of it and go like, Hey, can I write that down? Like that, you know, but like, I, I think that even works in a marriage sometimes where you go like, let me write down what the person said or what I need to remember or, um, a note to myself, send her this. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I do that. I'm laughing because I do the same thing, but I do it on my phone. So people think I'm texting someone else. <laughs> hey, oh my gosh, John, you just, you just reminded me of the most important thing about the coffee date. You put the phone away. Yeah. You turn it off. You take it off the table. And there, there's actually studies that would demonstrate that if you have a phone on the table between you, the level of connection in the conversation will probably drop by about 20%. Because the phone is a saying like, you're not the most, like we could be interrupted at any time. There's yeah. lots of other people yeah. that are interesting to me. And so eat, like put the thing away, take it off the table and put it away. Totally agree. Um, yeah. If you're doing this kind of thing, there's no room for digital communications at all. And, and, and I mean, you can't impose that on the other person, but you can definitely set the example yourself. Yeah. And sometimes like, sometimes I'll even leave my phone, you know, my phone will start to ring. And I'll just deftly pick it up and turn it off and I won't even look at it. And it's a way of saying like, hey, there's nobody I'd rather be talking to. You know, like you're, you're, the, you're the most important person in the world to me right now. Yeah, it's almost good if there's an opportunity to make a little show of how you're taking the <laughs> yeah. how you're taking yeah. the my, phone out of the equation. My mom told me that when I was a little baby, my my sister was feeling a little bit of sibling rivalry, and so one day the doctor told her like, listen, your your kids sometimes you need to let him cry himself to sleep. And uh, so she knew that like in, in this nap that when I woke up and started crying, she was going to leave me there to calm myself. Um, but she made sure she was playing with my sister. And when I woke up, she she turned to my sister and said, she, she yelled into the other room, I'm sorry, Bart. Like, I know you, I know you want me to come in there right now, but I'm busy with Lisa right now and I can't be interrupted. And like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was, it was theater to let my sister know, like, listen, sometimes you come first. And right. I thought, what, what a brilliant thing to do. What a brilliant <laughs> yeah. thing to do. And sometimes I think you're right. Like we ought to probably pay somebody to text us so that we can ignore <laughs> their text. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, hey, listen, this is, this is probably overkill on this particular question. That's but, good stuff um, though, man. I think a lot of people will find this useful. Yeah. Aaron, wherever you are, 
Um, I, I hope you find it useful. And, and thanks so much for asking the question. Oh, John. Yes, sir. That's the last thing is after you have coffee with somebody and you're wrapping it up and you're leaving and, and usually like, you know, you let it go an hour or so. And, and like at whatever point you wrap it up, I think it's really important to say to the person, thank you. Hey, thanks so much for, for taking the time to, to sit with me. And thanks for, thanks for telling me that story. I really appreciated hearing it. Um, you know, thanks for sharing that stuff with me. I yeah, think that yeah. when we thank people, it, it relieves them from the fear that they have either bored or, you know, overstepped with us. I think that's right. All right. So thank you for this conversation. Well, thank you. Thank you for all your time and for all this good stuff. And we'll put it out there and see what people think. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. I mean, like, again, like biggest softball in the world for, for, for somebody like me, because <laughs> this, this, you, you, like, this is where, this is where not only I live, but this is where I want more of us to live. When we talk about building these communities, um, the mark of a really good community is not how many people show up at the Sunday meeting. The mark is how well people get to know each other in between. And, uh, and this, is, this is kind of the way that a community grows is when people um, start to do this, you know, back and forth or, and around the horn. So yeah, for all you people that are, that are into community building and you're thinking we got to plan a better meeting or have a better speaker, I'm going to tell you that the key to the whole thing is learning how to take each other out for coffee. And that's the end of me talking about this. I am done. Goodbye. Good night. We're out of here. <laughs> Thanks, Bart. For more on Bart, go to bartcampolo.org. To leave a question in your own voice to be used in future shows, call the Humanize Me Q line at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. Humanize Me is a production of Jax Media. Hey, you could be larger than life.